Welcome back to YesX or No Audio. Hello, community. Or partners in trying to explore the interesting corners of what the hell's going on in the world. I wish to trial a new little thing, which will be a recording of a review of the articles of the week. However, uh, to validate that I do like to try new things now and then, we'll begin with the week preceding the past week. And that week was dominated by the US intelligence leaks. So interesting were they that it amounted to a series of five articles, one of which was my first piece of fiction, which I had a great time writing. Fiction's actually quite fun. It's a, it's a way to explore a topic where, you don't, where you're not so constrained by having to provide all these references and background materials and you know, trying to be mostly accurate and so forth, you can really wander around interesting avenues to explore an issue. So I had a lot of fun with that. And this little new initiative is, as I mentioned, a sort of review of the week past. So this week was quite prodigious, actually, for the newsletter in that it amounts to six articles. So we began on Monday the 24th with Friggin' in the Riggin', which I had a lot of fun with. And so <laughs> that's really just about the, the US Congress writing to their Secretary of State and saying, Oi, <laughs> what's up with all of this 51 former <laughs> and current intelligence officials, you know, suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story, which amounts to interference in the US election. Now, as I mentioned in the article, there's nothing new there. They did the same in 2016 with the DNC's rigging of the primary and the diversion via the Clinton campaign to, you know, point at the Russian origin of the true and accurate um, email archive information published by WikiLeaks. And so it's all just one and the same. So that was a fun beginning to the week. And I had great joy in finding a version of the song by the Sex Pistols <laughs> with a, a video performance by the Muppets, which I thought was just brilliant. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy the, the culture sections to the articles because sometimes they're a bit like, oh, there's some old song, whatever. You know, it's, but sometimes you know, I really I, I dig up a nugget. So I was quite happy with that one. On Tuesday, an article about Anzac Day was published. The day itself is important in both Australia and New Zealand, where the citizenry honour the honour and commemorate the bravery and commitment of their armed services, which served together under the Australian-New Zealand Army Corps in three major engagements, being World Wars I, II, and the Vietnam War. I tried to provide a window into why this is important for Aussies and Kiwis to non-Aussies and Kiwis. And particularly, I tried to emphasise the contributions made by the native indigenous populations of both countries in these brave actions. On Wednesday, we move to the effect of the US intelligence leaks, which I expect will be the final part of the now five-part series on those leaks. 
until we get new information out of the trial of Teixeira or whatever else happened. And that's based upon work by Bernard from Moon of Alabama, an anecdote from Ray McGovern, and an introduction to a meeting of DM25, which is a pan-European progressive uh, political movement. So the contribution by Moon of Alabama was an analysis or summary of uh, an article in Politico and in the New York Times, which essentially provide a sort of political exit strategy or a cover my ass for the US withdrawing its support from Ukraine. This obviously is a partial response to what came out in the leaks, whether they were deliberate, controlled, a bit of both or whatever it is. So we have a change in foreign policy happening in the US because of these leaks, and that ties into the anecdote that uh, McGovern provides. Looking back at LBJ's essential withdrawal from the Vietnam War, the contribution by Yanis Varoufakis is an assessment of the political and, to a degree, financial situation in Europe at the moment as a result of the idiotic sanctions that the EU applied on Russia and all of the dumbassery that the EU has shown in displaying their vassalage to the US. That's a very long article uh, in which I provide a summary of the whole Ukraine disaster because it looks like it's going to slide off the radar for a little while. Obviously, the, you know, the spring offensive, la 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 stuff's going to go down and people will talk about that. But I think this is going to slide. Uh, so I try and make an assessment uh, at that point in time. And then I wobble on for far too long about, you know, current state of affairs and world politics and encourage people just to skip that rubbish. Um, it's all, you know, it's valid, but it's a bit, yeah. I mean, the article gets to 5,000 words, which is a bit, let's call that abusive of the attention of uh, the readership. So, sorry for that. I get into these things now and then, so, yeah, apologies. On Thursday, we get an extremely rare two articles in a single day, and that's because I was up a bit late on Wednesday night, and the first article was published in the wee hours of Thursday morning, uh, and then another very, very interesting um, topic was raised later in the day, and so I put that together in the evening that followed. So we begin with the firing of Tucker Carlson by Fox News, which is a rather strange thing in that he was the anchor, lead, whatever you want to call it, for their most popular program. So there has to be at least one and probably many very good reasons why Fox wanted to essentially nix his show. It turns out that Fox has not fired him, but essentially benched him. And the Alexes from the Duran raise, I think, a very good partial explanation for this. And that is that what he was doing and was likely to continue to do is to lend his platform to both RFK Jr. and Trump. And as I state in the article, the establishment wings of both halves of the uni party view Armageddon as preferable to a presidential election with RFK Jr. on one side and Trump on the other, for they are less controllable than uh, other 
candidates which they're scrabbling to find. So they wheeled out Sleepy Joe again because essentially the plan to slip in Kamala Harris is completely wrecked because she's a complete failure. So Sleepy Joe is going to get the treatment and then we'll see who the GOP put up. I mean, we've got DeSantis and, and so forth. And these are all, you know, controllable people. So that's one explanation for that. And I had a bit of fun with alliteration in the title and subtitle with The Making of a Media Market. Firefox Fire is a fire brand. And uh, we wheeled out uh, uh, Light My Fire by the Doors for the culture section for the fun of it. The second article in the day was the Julian Assange charges quash them in a US court, which was a response to an excellent article and a very interesting discussion organised by Joe Laurier of Consortium News. The discussion between Afrin and Alexander Makouris of the Duran fleshes out the article and I found it fascinating and therefore wished to publish a summation of the of what I found the most interesting elements of both the article and the discussion. In the combination, we gain an insight into a new legal strategy which could be used by Assange's legal team to use US courts to question the constitutionality and extraterritoriality of the charges which are the basis of the extradition attempt. And I'm a little surprised that this hadn't been, someone hadn't come up with this idea earlier because Afrin lays out multiple constitutional attacks against the charges based upon the, the breadth of the Espionage Act, the First and Fifth Amendments. So particularly freedom of the press, which is partially useful, but much more powerful is the due process clause in the Fifth Amendment. So that's a bit of an extended article. And I, I got the chance to go and promote the um, Legal Information Institute, which is a site published by Cornell Law School, which is really good. And I cannot recommend it enough if you need to dig into US law. So that was a bit of fun. The other point he raises is that of extraterritoriality, which is that the Supreme Court of the US has already ruled that US law is only valid in some extraterritorial sense if specific mechanisms are described in the act itself. So which is the case for certain things like bribery and corruption of foreign officials. There's a mechanism described in the relevant act, whereas there's none described in the 1917 um, Espionage Act, including in, in its amendments in 1961, I think it was. So the mechanism is missing, and therefore the you know the charges fall apart on extraterritoriality. And one of the points I make in the article is that once this challenge begins in the U.S. courts, it leads to a sort of escalating conundrum for the U.S. administration on one hand, but on the other hand, it places pressure on the U.K. judiciary because how the hell are they going to extradite some guy or keep him locked up in a maximum security prison when the actual constitutionality of the charges are being challenged in a U.S. court? It's, I believe, a devastating attack on the charges um, for a number of reasons. So hopefully something comes of this. I had one comment to the article who, when uh, someone said, oh, I feel a little better 
you know, about things, you know, this seems positive. And also, my God, they need to let this guy free right now. Yeah, of course. So anyway, we then skip to an article published in the wee hours of uh, Sunday morning European time about the censorship industrial complex as named by uh, Schellenberger. So I try to give the reader a sense of the background to the story. So that's the Twitter files, but it's also the banning and shadow banning and general censorship that we've seen for over five years now, uh, which has been occurring in the uh, US social media, but it includes um, uh, places like Google's YouTube. So it's not just the social media, but it's also any major distribution platform, essentially, uh, in the US space. So I also try to inform the reader that this recent effort by Taibi and a bunch of uh, collaborators that he called for, they're, they're not alone in this. This has been going on for quite some time, and I uh, refer to Caitlin Johnson and uh, Patrick Lawrence, and there's a wonderful article which Lawrence referred me to, written by, uh, I think it's John Siegel at a at a the Jewish publication called the, the Tablet, which he is in high praise of, and I consider Patrick Lawrence to be a very good writer. Um, and if he's in high praise of anything, I consider it worth reading. So I try to point, you know, point to some background to the greater issue of suppression of opinion and call it what you want, you know, and then shadow banning and all this sort of stuff. And then also a background to the Twitter files itself. Because where we're up to is that it was in February, after having begun, um, uh, Taibi begun his reporting back in December, beginning of December, in February he goes, oh my God, this is bigger and badder than I thought, and hence his call for people to contribute to um, the work to be done on this thousand plus odd pages um, of data from Twitter. So he issues what he calls an APB, which I thought was a cool term, you know, the all points bulletin. God, (laughs) there's a a lot of work to do here, give me a hand. And so Taibi puts out an article where he sort of lays this down. This was the realization, oh my God, there's a huge amount of money just slushing around this anti-disinformation thought control, censorship complex, call it what you want. Um, and it's it, it's sort of bigger and better uh, than we thought. So he describes that and, and the sorts of questions that they're going to attempt to answer. And there are also two initial publications from the collection, from the coll- uh, collective the collaborating group. So one of which is uh, by, uh, what was it, Lowenthal, something like that, and also a hilarious uh, video by um, Matt Orfalea, who's brilliant work. He does wonderful jobs of compiling the the idiots on, on the MSM and putting them into sort of thematically organised compilation videos, which he did a beautiful job of on the, um, the Nordstrom pipeline bombing of destruction, call it what you want. 
uh, and then he's done again on the the um, Hamilton sixty eight dashboard and the Russian influence operations and yep same shit again. It's a really really funny and quite dark too, really darkly satirical because he invokes the whole McCarthyist era um, <laughs> because this is exactly what it echoes, and so it's a really good bit of work by Offalaya. So. Yeah, so there's quite a lot of background and, and referencing. So I think there's something like, you know, 26 references um, in the article because I'm trying to give a bigger background uh, to the story. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of people talking about it and it just so happens that um, Taibi and some other journalists, uh, you know, have this data from uh, Twitter issued through their lawyers in a you know, controlled distribution. Uh, and they're going to be working on that and I think it's going to be... Um, most interesting uh, what they manage to glean uh, from uh, this data. So no doubt that'll be happening over the following couple of months. But anyway, so those are the six articles for this week. Hope you're having a lovely weekend and that uh, you go out and have a bit of constructive joy in the coming week. I posted a little uh, comment to Caitlin Johnson's most recent article in which I, um, I implore people uh, to spread joy uh, via the simplest and most trivial of mechanisms. Smile. Smile at people. See if you can get them to smile back at you. Even if it's just a little smile, it's, uh, it's a good thing. Spread some joy and happiness. Um, because there's almost all this crap going on. So take a positive attitude. Smile. Thank people for small kindnesses. Provide little acts of kindness yourself, um, like holding a door open for someone or whatever little thing you want to do. Um, and let's create a better world through these tiny, easy and joyous acts. See you next week for more Plumbing the Corners of Weird. Until next time. Mm.